Welcome to the Tall Potty Syndrome, where we talk all things sport. This one's for the Facebook coaches, the Instagram selectors, but most importantly, those people at the pub that would have made it if it wasn't for those dodgy knees. Brought to you by two blokes that were so average they couldn't even blame injury for why they didn't make it. Over to you, boys. Alright, welcome to the Tall Potty Syndrome, the first episode, and you're here with the first average bloke, Lee, and we've got the other average bloke, Sam, with me. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good. Pumped to be here, you know, it's going to be a big day. We've been been talking about this for weeks. It's good to finally get, get this happening. We'll uh, kick off today because we've got um, a lot to cover because it's been a big couple of weeks over the last two weeks in sport and um, the next two weeks is going to be massive as well with the Olympics, which is what we'll start off with. A um, bit of news circulating that, that um, a few have tested positive for COVID so far and uh, a few athletes, that is. Um do you think there'll be more, mate? Like, what, what's going to happen with that? Oh, mate, yeah, you know, the COVID, I don't know, I try not to worry too much about the COVID situation, just focused on on the sport, you know, at hand. I'm really pumped up for the Olympics. It'd be a shame, obviously, if um, it was to get into the camp, but what do you think the Olympic Committee would do? Do you think that they would just oh. remove them and, and continue along? There's a lot on the line, you know, they can't just be mm. cancelling the Olympics, can they? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Not now. Um, not that it started, you know, it starts today the events we've got softball and football kicking us off and officially it starts on friday so i think we're too far in i think we're done um you know it's unfortunate for those athletes but i think they'll just have to move on and and go somewhere go home yeah or quarantine in a hospital or a hotel or something so um i think yeah it's going to be very unlucky but what are they what are they to do mate Mate, you train four years and you get pulled out, you know, so it would be uh, definitely, who'd want to be in that situation? Do you think, um, I don't know, I guess that you couldn't risk spreading it through the, the team, but, I mean, players play with, if it's going to get through, maybe they just let it run its course and, and I don't know. They're fit anyway. Yeah, they're all right. They're all good, aren't they? What's a cheeky, spicy cough going to do to them? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? So, mate, I have a bigger issue here. Um, we just spoke about it before. The Olympic Committee brought out new beds. So, well, they don't want routing, clearly, um, when, when there's a pandemic happening. But it's it's obviously going to happen, I think. Uh, but they developed these new beds out of cardboard boxes trying to stop that. Mm. Um, there's a bit more room on the ground for athletes to do whatever they need to do. And there's obviously showers and stuff like that. Not sure how a bed stops anyone, but uh, <laughs> what's, your, uh, what's your thoughts on that, mate? Uh, well, I don't know. I think... Um, I saw that the Olympic Committee had been giving out condoms to the athletes. I think there's a bit of a double standard there. I think they are aware, obviously, that it's going to happen. I, who'd want to sleep in a cardboard bed? I mean, as you said, I'm sure the athletes will find other ways. I'm sure that they, um, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, correct. They're all athletes, when there's a job need doing, they, <laughs> they do it, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, on to other naughty stuff. And we've had quite an extensive chat about this over the last two weeks. So I thought I really want to bring it up. Shikari Richardson, mm-hmm. uh, obviously no good because she breached uh, drug protocols. She had uh, cheeky puff before she, she uh, went out and ran in the um, in the Olympic trials, uh, which ruled her out for that Olympic trials, which means she didn't qualify for the Olympics. Oh, look, I've got a couple of different issues with it. Number one, she obviously broke the rules. She understands that. I think the conversation of marijuana and athletes is a different conversation to, mm. to what people have been having about this issue. I've got no issue with that. Um, you know, we've we've obviously spoken about it in the past. I think it depends what you're using it for, but 
look, let's be honest, I don't think anyone in the, under the influence of drugs, recreational-wise, are going to be world-class. Um, you know, I think back to a couple of people from school. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know, there's something about it that, that I was... I wouldn't argue about because she had it so she could ease some nerves, right? right. And, and my big argument with that is... Would that not improve her development or improve her running if she was calmer to race? You know, I think back to when I, um, you know, because I'm obviously a world-class athlete, um, I think back to when I went to regionals um, and I ran in the 100, or maybe it was states, I can't remember. Yeah, it was, was this under, like, grade 7, grade 8? No, it's like grade, grade 12, <laughs> Grade 12, yeah. And, uh, oh, I remember I was on the pump because I, mm. I had a exam due the following day. Mm. Um, oh no sorry an assignment due the following day and obviously you know me mate I didn't do much at school (laughs) probably hence why this production's not better but (laughs) we might have a bit more money otherwise but um, yeah I wasn't the best student and I really needed to get it done and I was under the pump a little bit and I think I I didn't get much sleep the night before and I rocked up and I was a bit tired and what really frustrated me on the day was I couldn't get my head in the zone and I ended up getting beat by the guy that I beat in a canter at Districts. Right. Same guy. He ran the exact same time as well. I beat him in the in the final at Districts, pulled up. He's up to the line. Yeah, hands and heels job I was. Yeah, yeah. a bit of look at the crowd, how good it, am I? You're saying at Beijing. Um, <laughs> yeah, a bit, bit of the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bit the same. <laughs> it might have been the same, actually. <laughs> I just did it before him um, and even so much so that Popey come up to me and goes oi mate you know that getting into states or regionals or something like that is based on times right. I'm like yeah I smoked it though um, I can't remember what I run but it was a pretty good time and um, and yeah that guy same guy beat me and I was filthy and I was like I was thinking back to that and I was like maybe I could have used a, a, a bit, a bit puff, of puff <laughs> to clear my mind and, mm. and and that way I wasn't I was only only focused on on the race you know maybe that would have improved it what's your thoughts on that um I, I think it's, it's almost like it's two arguments you know like I think if if marijuana is on a banned list that athletes can't use and she's tested positive to it it's just a black and white situation of being banned but I think the conversation should be around whether they should be banned sh- whether it should be banned like mm. if, like you say yourself maybe if you'd had a puff maybe um, you, you can to home in the in the final there at the big regionals you go on to be at London in 2012 <laughs> so I, I think if it, if, it, if it improves if it has the potential to ease nerves and things like that why is that a bad thing you know if these athletes um, I don't I, know I just I think if, if it's legal in certain states and you know I think we're getting to a point where um it, it, I think the, there's a big talk around whether it should be legalised for recreational use, and I think yeah, correct. if there's positives, then I'd say let the athletes go hard, in my opinion, because I don't, I don't think it's going to help anyone grow an extra leg or run any faster. Mm. It could, as you say, it could be like uh, help somebody somebody's mind to be a bit clearer. I don't, I don't think it's like steroids where they're building muscle and stuff. Yeah, like correct. That. And and steroids obviously make them faster, but mm. I guess my argument is a clear mind does as well makes you better. You know, you think about. Let's talk about Ben Hunt is a great example. Mm. You know, what if his mind was a bit clearer in that grand final? He takes that ball, yeah. 
and the rest of his career doesn't go the way it is, mm. I guess. Um, wouldn't you know, that being, be a shame? You know, we wouldn't have um, probably had Origin in Townsville this year if that never happened, if JT hadn't killed that field goal <laughs> given his speech. So maybe the universe... It, who knows? Yeah, butterfly effect, right? But yeah. the other, the big problem I have with it is people making it a fucking social problem, a social issue. It was um, Alexandra uh, Osario Cortez or, or whatever her name is. She's the... Um, okay, she's some big lawyer over in America. I don't know what positions they are. I'm she's not a, a big shot. Yeah, she's, she's a big dog. Yeah. Um, she's come out and said it was, you know, it's because of underdevelopment in the um, black community and that sort of stuff. I'm like, no, it's not. She's had a bit of fucking marijuana, mate. Like, settle down. Like, how many people in the world that are not black have marijuana? Like, yeah, yeah. don't create a social issue. And then all these other people going, oh, yeah, and we'll talk about Laurel Hubbard next. Um, or yeah, I can't compete at the Olympics um, because me and my vagina had some marijuana, but old mate and he's, you know, Laurel and yeah, whatever, transgender athlete can go and compete. I'm like, it's a completely different issue. Yeah. She broke a, a well-known law in all athletes. So like every single yeah. person, I, my mum hates sport and she knows that's a rule. Yeah. Don't yeah. Have like it's, it's, it's not, it's not a social issue. It's yeah. just the fact she broke a law and she copped that on the chin. It's nothing to do with the fact that she's a woman, nothing to do with the fact that she's African-American. It's nothing to do with that. It's every, everything to do with she had marijuana. That's it. Yeah. I guess people try and make, um, you know, or try and draw a lot of, you use sport to promote social issues. But I mean, at the end of the day, Shikari um, is an athlete for, you know, probably one of the richest how well funded do you think that the US athletic team is? Yeah, I'm sure that it's up. a bizarre amount of money that funds them. So, I mean... Come on. Please. Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> 100%, mate. Moving on to that next issue, Laurel Hubbard. Mm. <laughs> what do you got for me, mate? Well, geez. <laughs> I, um, Laurel Hubbard, you know, it is interesting. I think um, definitely for anyone out there, if you're looking for an athlete to back at the next Olympics, get on, uh, Laurel, because I think she's going to really come along and staunch these women at the next Olympics. Um, oh, it's um, it's just such a, I guess it's a sensitive topic to, as well, you know, in this day and age. Um, again, because people talk about trying to make things social issues a lot of the time um, mm-hmm. and, and where there is unjust, injustice in the world, you know, we want to call it out, but what um, impact does it have on the integrity of women's sport when you've got... And, we're, you know, look at next 15 years and what's going to happen there. How many people watch that and go, what's the point? Mm. You know, how many women weightlifters are we going to have over the next 15 years that are really engaged in the sport and excited by it because they're like, yeah, but Gumby's going to put on a wig and grow his hair out or whatever if he could get some mosh into him good fifth yeah I mean sometimes like sometimes I'll sit there and watch uh, you know the NRL women's or something and wonder how I'm going I'm sure I'll go terrible I'm sure yeah. those girls would say to me definitely get jammed right yeah, yeah maybe by uh, who was I might get jammed by that uh, there was one running around in the AFL women that I think got banned Hannah, Hannah, Mo- Hannah Moonsey Hannah, Hannah, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. I'm sure Hannah would have had my number for sure yeah. so I don't think I would have been uh, too strong there in but um I guess I just think that do you, what in terms of the transgender issue would you I, I think the reason that it makes me why, why I wouldn't why I don't support that is because the transition happens so late you know yeah after, correct 
the person's gone through like what's your thoughts on um some like somebody who maybe transitions at a younger age before yeah yeah well we spoke about this didn't we and i think you know you look at eligibility rules for origin and it's a certain age cutoff you know 13 move to australia when you're 13 then yeah or before you're 13 well then yeah you can qualify right why not have a rule like that that if you transition before you're 18 and you're you know because you're not fully developed especially as male yeah i mean our brains are still not fully developed when we're 30 (laughs) (laughs) but you're not fully developed when you're 17 or 18 you know but if you're 30 yeah yeah i'm fully developed you're kidding right and you know it's funny like my my missus um sent me a, a message when she was at the gym once and she goes oh my god this girl next to me's leg pressing 200 and something kilos yeah wow and i was like i did leg press it out and i don't know what i did but not to brag but i had a pt at the time to help me a lot i think it was <laughs> oh, i think i was at least double that i was in the 400 or something and um i said i won't tell you what i did then uh and i'm like if I transition now and I've just kept the same training routine, I probably train maybe once or twice, you know, and that's it a week. Um, to and it's just for footy purposes. Yeah. So I do all the, the power type stuff and I'm like, I don't reckon I'd need to go that far extra to, to be able to compete at a high level, you know, and that but when yeah, I was seventeen and I was sixty kilos, mate, it might be a different story. Yeah, especially in terms with Laurel um, it, but it is a strength event too, you know. It's correct. It's not like uh, I'm at a gym equestrian or something like that, <laughs> you know. Correct. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe like you said with Ronaldo, it was he got ruled out of Origin because he wasn't a Queenslander when he was thirteen. Maybe we say if you're not a male or a female, there's, at, there's a at thirteen. Say then uh, you're not eligible. I don't. Yeah, and I think there's there's a good argument out there that there should be a separate division. Um, I think for sure whether you're going to get enough participation I don't know but that's probably a fair comment as well um, but look there's there's going to be more and more discussion about it no doubt obviously over the next 10 years for sure um, now that it's becoming um, I guess more widely accepted as well yeah uh, and that's fair so uh, game changer at, at this that's time but mm. we'll see what happens over the next decade uh, things tend to get te- very uh, divisive too when we have these conversations. A bit like when the the plebs, plebs decide, whatever you'd like. I'm not sure what that was, <laughs> but around same sex marriage, it, it really um, you see both sides making like sometimes some hateful arguments. Mm. When correct, uh, and we yeah, I, I mean you'd hate to see people, you know. Uh, treated differently just you know people's like basic human rights and things mm. the right the ability to compete but you also don't want to see you know macho man randy savage winning the yeah, yeah. one of the great south yeah. nice kids <laughs> <laughs> um let's move on mate we've got two basketballers mm. that are they're not going to be competing for our opals and boomers this year uh one being a bit more controversial than the other and that's that's old liz um liz cambridge not a fan of her to be honest, mm. I don't know what your thoughts are on her, mate, but uh, I think she adds a, a fair bit more than grade two carry on to, to any conversation that she's a part of. And I think she's honestly, in my opinion, a bit of a cancer. I wouldn't want to play next to her. And that's for a range of different reasons, but I feel like she just runs a mouth without any thought of anyone else and she just couldn't care less. Mm. Um, I also feel like she, she makes 
every single thing about her. Yeah. Um, and I, like, I wouldn't want to play with her. And I think it's interesting. I saw a comment on Facebook and, um, you know, people are going to have their own opinions on it, but why have no athletes come out and, and backed her up? You know what I mean? Like, that's... Bit of silence, you know, from... Pretty, uh, whether that's the media's fault or whether that's just the players going, see it, Liz. Well, they all have social media and things, you know. I think if athletes want to get messages out, uh, you know... They can. They can, yeah. You you see it, I think, in, in other sports, if... You know, old mate gets dropped from the team. We saw that Jared Hayne, mate. All these dickheads coming out and going, oh, Jared Hayne, yeah, let's save Jared Hayne. He's one of the boys. He's been making girls for 10 years. Let's, what's one? <laughs> oh, like, come on. Yeah, but uh, you're right, mate. Look, the fact that no one's come out and defended her or stood up for her or really cared, the fact that she's out. And I think if it's honestly, if it's mental health and you've been struggling for a month, for months, why the fuck did you pull out a week before and leave your team in the lurch and now they got one player down? Mm. I, like, I, I guess if it's like mental health, is, if it is to do with that, you, you never know how someone could be feeling. Maybe that it is just, you know, but um, I guess same, like, I guess we're selfish as sports fans, you know, we want to see the best go and go to the mm. Olympics and, mm-hmm. and represent mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. We feel like she's got the ability to go and do it on behalf of us, the blokes mm. who... Maybe peaked at regionals. Or <laughs> well, the bikes that peaked at sports day. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, yeah, but, and so, like Simmons as well, you know, at a time when, like we, we were saying earlier around, a lot of, um, sorry, a lot of um, players, you know, in the NBA at the moment, we it's one of the best chances that we have to win a gold medal in the history of Australia mm-hmm. competing at the Olympics. Yeah. And we just want to see him get there. Definitely coming into our window. Yeah, 100%. And moving on to Ben Simmons. He's a cat. Um, I was... I had a conversation with a couple of my mates the other the other day. And uh, I was in, uh, in support of Ben. Um, you know, fair enough. He wants to go and work on his game away from the cameras and in the gym and all good. And then he rocks up at Wimbledon. Yep. Fuck off, champion. Right, because that was the story, wasn't cool. it? That he wasn't um, going to go and compete at the Olympics. Wants to work on his game. Wants to be ready for, I guess, the upcoming NBA season yeah. where he makes his money. And look, fair. And I said that's fair enough, you know, because he's at a point in his career now where if he doesn't improve, this is going to be last, his last contract in the NBA. Yeah. He's going to be gone or he's going to be a role player somewhere else. He's, he's not going to get the big four, five-year deals that he got now. No team's going to take him. He's at a point now, he's in a crossroads where if he improves, he becomes a superstar of the game and he becomes a marquee player. If he doesn't, he will struggle to get another club. You know what I mean? So he's at the crossroads right now and I feel this is his year because so many people on him in the playoffs this year going, you suck, Mm. you need to improve, you need to get better. If he doesn't improve this year, it looks like he doesn't care. And the bigger problem with that is people will see that and remind that in three years' time when he's coming up for a new deal and go, why would we want to take on a guy that doesn't care? Yeah. One of my mates, you know, one of the boys is like, oh, yeah, but he's got time. And so he he probably doesn't, in fairness. Like, people have long memories in sport. And if he seems like he doesn't care, people are not going to want to take him in. Look how hard it's been for Paul Vaughan to even find a club. No one cares about him anymore because it seems like he doesn't care. Yeah. You know, so... It's, it's going to be hard for him if he doesn't start to want to play better and shine up to Wimbledon. Look, mate, Wimbledon's going to happen next year. Go then. Yep. Even if you're not going to work hard in the gym every day for pre-season or the off-season, 
don't show up in public clearly away from the gym. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I guess athletes' eyes are under a lot of scrutiny. You know, he probably would argue that he was just having a good time, that he was, yeah, maybe he was at the gym that morning. But I, yeah, I agree. We all want to see him there. We want to see Australia win medals. And mm. I guess we, we get a bit dirty because we feel like he's not putting in for, for, the, for the team. Yeah, correct, for the boys. But uh, moving on, Aussie chances, man. I think we've got a few good chances onto the positive stuff now for the Olympics. I think we've got a wide range of good chances in a lot of different sports this year. I'm really excited by them. We've obviously got a few written down here, mate. I'll lead off with the Opals and Boomers. Um, I think, no doubt, like you mentioned, look, the Opals have always been a chance for a long period of time. We've had, you know, probably for the last 15 years, we've had some high-quality players in the WNBA, um, and then if you look back to Lauren Jackson, um, you know, and some of these great players that sort of paved the way. I think women's basketball in Australia has been strong for a long time. And I think they're always in with a medal chance. Yeah. Um, so I think that goes without saying. But then we've also got the Boomers, who, as you mentioned before, they're coming up to their window now. Yeah. You know, I think we've got five or six NBA players um, or players on NBA rosters. We've got some top talent. Joey Ingles um, was... Arguably, well, in Australia anyway, maybe not anywhere else, but um, arguably pipped out of a, a rightful six-man of the year spot this year. He's been fantastic with the Jazz, who led the regular season. Um, you've then got guys like Matisse Thibault, who's first go for Australia at a major tournament. You've got, obviously, Paddy Mills. Um, you've got guys like Delhi, who we've probably forgotten about. Um, and then Dante Exum, who's been a great player, but bound by injuries, but he's been as fit as ever this year, which is awesome. Um, and then we've got some some good guys that have been around for a long time, good experience, and Nick Kay and Chris Goulding and a couple of other guys like that. So I think we're going to win one. This is this is probably our best chance, in, in fairness. Um, so I'm excited to see what we do. And then the fact that we've, we've come out and we've got proven record now that we can beat the US, and Rio wasn't a fluke when we did beat them. Um, you know, we obviously bought, beat them in a, in a warm-up game, whatever, but... We also performed really well at the World Cup and we pushed the eventual winners, Spain, to double overtime. And we missed, Paddy Mills missed a clutch free throw, Nick Kay missed an easy layup, which was clutch. He, he should have made that and we would have won. So I'm like, there's one shot between us and the current world champ, so to speak. I'm like, we're in the mix. Yeah. You know, we're around there. So I'm really hoping that, I don't think we've ever meddled. Um, I think we choked in the in the bronze place playoff at the last Olympics. I don't think we've ever medalled in the men's. So I'm hoping this is our year, but we're a genuine chance, I think. Well, I'll definitely be uh, looking forward to watching the boys cheering them on. Um, I guess a big tip that I'd have for the Olympics, it goes without saying, I guess everyone would know Ash Barty. Yeah, what champ. Just um, took him down at Wimbledon. Best tennis player in the world. She's uh, a local girl, you know, to us all. This uh from Queensland in Ipswich, mm. I think everyone's right behind her. She's just a sports star that we all love, and mm. I think it goes without saying that she's going to go in as one of the hot favourites at this Olympics yeah, to win that one. Yeah, she's flying at the moment, and you're right, mate. I don't think there's anyone in the world that would hate her. I don't think there's one. That's quite unusual for a very good athlete, you know. Uh, this this um, podcast is t- called the Tall Potty Syndrome for a reason. So, yeah, good luck to Barty. I've got a cu- I've got a swimmer, mate because um, we've got a few in the pool yeah, uh, and, and you've got a couple there that you've noted down as well in the pool but um, we've got new world record holder in Kaylee McCowan uh, in the 100 metre backstroke and she's a red hot favourite for that I think she's look, even luck she wins 
to be fair, if she goes out and does what she does, she'll win that. She's also the favourite for the 200 metre backstroke as well. So I think we've got two very, very good chances um, in those two events. Yeah, she's red hot favourite for them both. So stick them in your multi. <laughs> <laughs> you know, swimming, it's always holds a special place in my heart. I've always loved the swimming ever since I was a, a young fella. And Ariana Titmus, you know, a big chance here. She's uh, got three big chances just on her own in those events. And second fastest 200 meter freestyle time in history. World record was broken in the super era. So I think there's an argument that she's the fastest of all time there. Yep. Um, good argument. Favorite for the 400 meter free. We'll all be right behind her. Yeah, a couple of good events as well. Uh, we've then got Elijah Winnington. Great name. Uh, but also the only man heading to the games this year to swim under the 343 barrier for the 400 metre freestyle. Through Sam, he swam 342.65, I think, off the top of my head, um, at the Olympic trials. So he's the man to beat in the 400 free. Back to the old school days when we were nearly unbeatable in the 400 free. You know, back in 00, 04, 08, uh, we had two or three big chances. You know, Mac Horton didn't make it this year, failed to qualify, and then we don't have Sun. Uh, Sun Yang there for obvious reasons um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes <laughs> um, so uh, yeah he, he's a big chance to be able to take that out for sure um, Kyle Chalmers you know one of our men we all love him he's a fan of the show I've heard actually so we're going <laughs> to definitely give Kyle a shout out um, you know comes in the defending champion won the gold medal last time around can he go back to back? Can he be the first Aussie to go back to back in the 100 meter freestyle? We'll certainly be hoping so. Come on, Kyle. Yeah, correct. And on to another team that's always been there and thereabouts. So that's the Kookaburras. Um, they've always been a chance. I think they've medaled in something like 10 Olympics. So they've um, they've been phenomenal over a long, long period of time, and and they've always been up around the top ranked teams in the world in, in hockey. Um, I think they're a big chance this year. They just beat New Zealand 4-0 in a series, uh, which is huge. And they're now ranked number one in the world uh, and absolutely flying. So I think this year's the year. I think we can we can take it out with uh, with the Kookaburras and the hockey. For sure. Um, Logan Martin, you know, the BMX, not something that we definitely watch too much <laughs> of. But, you know, he's a big chance. He's a current world champion. So... We're going to be right behind him too in the BMX event. Yeah, up the BMX. Who was the last that we had that kamikaze fella, didn't we, in the BMX? Do you remember that? Yeah, was his name Sam something? I oh, think. No, I don't know, mate. I just remember kamikaze. <laughs> it wasn't as good as Logan, but anyway. Wasn't there a BMX bloke who was on the Wheat Bix and stuff, you know? I think it might have probably, been a big, probably. big thing for a little while there. All I care about on the Wheat Bix is Binger. Yeah. Brett Lee, what a man. I want to bowl as fast as him as well, so I had 54 Wheat Bix a day. Yeah. Um, on to other sports that we've got no idea about, and that's canoe slalom. Okay. Don't know anything about them. There's different classes. Don't know what they are. What is, C1, what K1. Don't know what they stand for. I'm guessing canoe and maybe kayak. We're going to be in boats. We're going to be on water. Yeah, there's slaloms and stuff. Hopefully we end up on the podium. Who do you <laughs> think? Uh, mate, Jess Fox. Uh, she's an absolute weapon. So, um, yeah, like I said, I don't know how, how much idea about the sport itself, but um, had a bit of a look at her statistics, and she is an absolute star. So she just recently won two golds at the World Champs this year. Um, that takes her total to seven, which makes her the most successful paddler in World Championship history, male or female. Phenomenal. So she's now 27. Yeah. I think this is her window. She won silver at London, bronze at Rio. Surely now is her time. You know, she's been absolutely flying the last couple of years, and... I think she can take out both of those events, C1 and K1. Jess Fox, you know, 
I think that's part of the challenge. The Olympics is sitting around watching these random sports. Can we, <laughs> yeah. um, let's bring it on. But Jess Fox, we're behind you. Yep. Surfing, you know, the first chance mm. um, on the Olympic stage. The first time we've seen surfing at the Olympics. Yep, correct. We've got two big chances, of course. Sally Fitzgibbon, Steph Gilmore, everyone, their household names. We're mm. going to be behind them. Surfing at the... I love when you see events for the first time, you know. Yeah. Like, how good was the last Olympics when we saw rugby? Mm, correct. Yeah, not that I like rugby, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got any interest in the track and field? Yeah, mate. Yeah, and Nicola McDermott uh, in the high jump. So she's... Um, she broke the Australian record this year and she broke it again a couple of months later. Her PB of 2.01 is only two centimetres off the best jump in the world this year. So she's going to come in with a big, big chance. Um, there's another high jumper in there as well. I think it has a PB of 1.98, something similar. So I think we've got a big chance in the high jump. You know, if we can um, if we can go out there and... or you know, she can go out there and jump that around that two-metre mark. She's in with the money. She's... Um, in Rio, they jumped, I think, 197 or something like that to win gold. So she would be definitely in the mix off that. Um, but look, look, there's probably some more uh, there, but uh, fair to say we have some good chances. I think we'll be back around the 2008 levels. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll quite we'll match 2004. A lot of people talking about Athens 04 and we'll be there or thereabouts, but that was probably our golden Olympic era, uh, 04. But I think 08 levels, around that 14 gold medals, uh, I think is, is where we're going to be. So I'm giving you a few chances there. Um, but look, Ladbrokes will give you about $1.80 for 13 or more golds for Australia. So I think that might be jam. Get around that. Oh, Not that I'm a betting man, but anyway. Um, Unless we can get a sponsor, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Lab <laughs> folks, please give us money. Um, or bonus bets. Um, but uh, most anticipated event for me has always been the men's 100-meter final. Um, it's easily my favorite sporting event in the world. Don't know why. Maybe it's just the theater that goes into it and the build-up. Like, it's a six, seven-minute build-up for 10 seconds. Um, and I don't know, just, just something about it just draws me in every single year. I've always stayed up to watch it. Um, there's no Usain Bolt this year for the first time on Olympics for a long time, which would be a bit weird for, I guess, for most viewers that don't really watch athletics uh, apart from that, the Olympics. But uh, this version serves as the most interesting for a long time, I believe, because you've got four of the top five guys with PBs this year and a stack of runners with times between 9.77 and 9.95 as their PBs. So... It's going to be tight. I think there's going to be uh, a lot riding on um, the semi-finals, which is a bit unusual because usually you see a couple of guys cruise through um, and just make sure they qualify. I think this could be a bit different this year. I think a lot of guys will be trying hard. You know, I was excited for the women's as well, but unfortunately, no Shikari. I think there's just two chances in it, two Jamaicans. Um, but yeah, this year the men's I think is a bit of a mouth-rotting affair. So. The favourite is Trayvon Brummel, uh, who was undefeated this year, and he has been unreal in the past two seasons. So back in um, 2015, I think he did a major Achilles injury, and then 2016 he got wheelchaired off um, because he did a heel injury, a major one. He's taken a while to come back, but the last two seasons have been phenomenal. Uh, he has the best time of the lot with 9.77, so that's his PB, and that he ran that this year as well, uh, back in June, I think. Um, but look, if anyone can knock him off, it might be Akani Simbini uh, from South Africa. He's an African record holder, broke it a couple of weeks ago. 
um, in Hungary. So he ran 9.84. Um, and he's been super consistent, being in the top 10 since 2016, which is the best of any runner in this group. If he runs anywhere around that 9.84 time, he can win this. And the 5.50 looks just a bit more enticing than the $2 an offer for Brommel. So I'm going to, yeah, have a cheeky little play if I was a betting man on a Akani Simbine. Uh, what about you, mate? What's your most anticipated event? Um, you know, the Olympic Games... You can't go past the swimming for me. I've always loved it ever since I was a young man, you know. Um, I guess the, one of the first major sporting events that I ever remember taking any notice of and, and something that really just drew me into the theatre of sport was the Sydney Olympics. And mm-hmm. in that first week, just seeing the Aussies um, absolutely tear it up, mm-hmm. win yep. all those medals. It just made me just love the sport so I, I can't wait to get around watch a bit of swimming definitely looking forward to that at this olympics correct and we've got some good chances as well mate yeah definitely awesome on to the week or the couple of weeks that have been we've yeah. had a couple of big big weeks as i said earlier in origin the first one i know you're pretty keen to talk about yeah. this being new south welshman yourself mate what's your thoughts on the series and i guess the big question for you that i have is is this a dynasty side for new south wales or queensland just really bad or both. You know, can I sit on the fence on that one, Taylor? I, and I think that the New South Wales, though, as a as a blue supporter, you would have to be confident that we are gonna we're gonna come into a strong couple of years. We do have the players coming through. Um, Tom Turbo, honestly, he's a once in a generation player. Phenomenal. It's unbelievable the way that he just it's boys against men sometimes when you watch that guy play, and it's very exciting to know that he's going to be there for us. And he can't even get a run at fullback because we've got crazy, just an unbelievable fullback in the side as well. So Latrell Mitchell, another guy who would probably be the fullback for the other side. Yep. You know, it's, we've just got an embarrassment of riches in key positions in the halves. Obviously, Cleary and Luai, two young players that are going to be there next year, the year after that. They're going to be together mm-hmm. for a long time. We blooded Moses in the third game. I think he's a very exciting um, prospect for us in the future. So as far as it being a dynasty for us, I think I think it has all the makings of it just on paper, you know. I think we, but you can never rule out that Queensland spirit. How do you think? How far do you think they'll go? Definitely think we'll win it next year, you know. And mm-hmm. I think you're already like if they they gave it. To, you've never seen such a dominant um, first two games. We just mm-hmm. tore them apart. If you win next year, I feel like it could demoralise Queensland. Yeah. In a lot of ways, you know, and and Green's got a big job, and he's. Uh, big, you know, big job to turn around. I think next year, um, Queensland were they that bad this year? What do you think? What do you, what did you make of their performance? Um, game one, yeah, we were terrible. Um, we showed absolutely no heart. We were soft in defence. We had no line speed. We were, we were just awful. We couldn't get in the game. I think Cole Phelps' dumb penalty um, really helped us at the start, but the fast track up Townsville was probably never going to help us. Yeah, you know. Like, you look at through that side of New South Wales, apart from probably Junior Paulo, all their forwards are quick as well. Like, come on. We're, mm. We were just gassed earlier. The speed of the game, we just, we just couldn't get into it. The second game, however, it was not... This is going to sound weird. It was not 26-0. That's not a 26-0 game, in my opinion. If you go back and have a look at it, um, all your points came off our errors. As in, what I mean by that is you didn't pick up drop balls or something like that to score. First try, Kyle Felt got stripped off a kick return. Seriously. Um, he got stripped off a kick return. You scored the same set. Uh, Val Holmes, next try, intercept, 
try time. Um, we just made some terrible errors, gave away some poor penalties, and just gave you field position, and you converted on it. And then if you look at the last try, Xavier Coates was marking Casper. I don't know who he's marking or who he thought he was marking, but <laughs> it was two on two, and it became a two on one. How does that work? I, anyway, Xavier Coates, don't get me started on him. Um, I think team selection was wrong. Who do you think? Not one person in the world thought Valley Holmes was a better option than anyone else at fullback. I, I don't know where Greeny thought that. Um, yes, he favours Cowboys. Don't know why. I guess, in fairness, they're probably the best Queensland team at the moment, aren't they? Um, yeah, there was a bunch of different things that we did wrong in that second game. And then, if you look at... Everyone's going, the halves are awful. Halves created opportunities. Wiz dropped the ball. Xavier Coates dropped it over the line. Kyle Felt dropped two kicks, which he should have caught, would have scored. Val Holmes dropped a bomb. He was running through, you know, the Tommy Turbo ones? Yeah, where he takes it and just beats everyone. He had the play. He just dropped it cold. Unlike Dane Gay Guy drops it as well, but that was off a, a, another Felt one. Um... Val Holmes throws an intercept when it was four on two. That's a different game. We we we, you know, put those points on then, yeah. or we we finish or the execute right. I haven't seen Xavier Coates catch a kick for three years. Um, Kyle Felt was Kyle Felt. You know, like these poor. I was having a conversation with someone the other day. I think it's absolutely right. You cannot let good teams get good ball and good ball zone, and we saw that. In the third game, when Jack Whiten gave us two seven tackle sets, which he didn't need to, you had the momentum. We just got it back. We got better field position. We playing out. If you look at the second game, we had I think forty one tackles in opposition twenty, compared to New, New South Wales nineteen or something like that. We should have been better, and let's not blame the halves because we dropped four balls over the line, yeah. you know, and our fullback threw an intercept. And at that time, it was six nil or eight nil or something, wasn't it? Yeah, six nil, eight nil. I can't remember through that intercept about six minutes before the half as well. I think it, was, it wasn't It was very long until halftime. It's a completely different game if we score there. Yeah. You know, and you saw... And, and look, you can you can blame the halves all you want, but it's pretty easy to play as a halfback when it's 18-0, in my opinion. Mm. It's way harder to play as a halfback if it's 18-16 with 10 minutes to go. Yeah. You know? Now, in that first game... Your forwards rolled us way better than us. And then your backs. The fact that Tommy Turbo and Tedesco took four of the first five hit-ups is fucked up to me. Um, you guys just dominated us. The second game, different story. We fought back and got some ascendancy, but just their own errors cost us. And then game three, great game of footy. We spoke about that after. Yeah, really Play did. it again. Let's have another 80 minutes tomorrow. Yeah. Um, great game of footy. And it could have gone either way as well. And a lot of people blame the New South Wales halves and all that sort of stuff. I feel that your line speed wasn't as good. I feel there wasn't as much as much hunger there mm-hmm. as it was in the first two games. You know, what um, What made me believe in a potential New South Wales dynasty mm-hmm. is at 50 to 6 in the first game, we attacked your line in about the 75th minute and Brian Toto scrambled and five other blokes scrambled yeah. to make a tackle I'm like what are you doing it's 50 to 6 you don't yeah. need to do that but they did it that's what they've never done before you yeah. know you look at these and the thing is people talk about oh the Queensland dynasty wasn't as great because 
those New South Wales teams are horrible. I'm like, no, they fucking weren't. You're kidding, right? Everyone loves Josh Morris and Brett Morris now. Yeah. They're in the team. You're like, Paul Gallen. We've always had the, the biggest <laughs> pool to pick players from, you know. Correct. It's, how can you say that the New South Wales team isn't Correct. strong? Like, come on. And, and the fact that apart from our top, top players, like Billy Slater, Greg Inglis, Justin Hodges... Um, Cam Smith, our halves. There was also Nate Miles. The, re- side, the rest of the squad was New South Wales players for the Australian side. Yeah. No Queensland's really ever got picked apart from maybe Sam Dido here and there, and a couple, you know, Stevie yep. Price, and a couple of those boys. Petro. Everyone else is New South Wales. You're right. And you had, you know, Forehead, and we had a couple of other guys in there. Um, Dallas Johnson, who was about 85 kilos, <laughs> ringing wet, um, but could he put a hit on? Um, like we had all these Neville Costigan. Yeah was a part of the dynasty he's won a comp um, so yes New South Wales was great I think the scoreline of the second game flattered New South Wales a bit yeah I don't think we were 26 nil side I think it was maybe a 20 to 18 side or a 26 18 something like that New South Wales are good enough to be able to score points I don't think we might have won but we're closer than what the scoreline suggests and then obviously the third game we won. I thought we got to be lucky there, but we won. Phenomenal game. I think expect next year is probably going to be a similar to that third game if we have all they got. It's amazing what difference Callum Ponga made. Yeah, yeah. In that third game, definitely. You know, one thing you said about the there's been a lot of criticism of the halves and Mitch Moses. He's really copped a hammering, hasn't he? What did you think of his performance? He was just solid, mate. He's yeah. solid. I thought Jack Whiten was awful. Yeah. Um, well, I thought Whiten played well. He scored a try. I thought he had his moments. I thought Moses had a really strong game, hey, to be honest. Just in the first half, there was a few times when he took the line on and he, um, you know, got smashed. Um, and times when he, in club football, you think he'd have the time to skip across the field in orange mm. and it just looked like it was a lot bigger than getting in his face. And people have really got on his back. I've seen a lot of the comments on social media mm. about the zero runs and, and zero yep. run metres, but... What about the two tries? His kicking game was outstanding. Yep. He defended stoutly. Um, I think Mitch played really well in the third game. And I think that coming back, he's got a bit of an injury here, broken back, we're hearing. And maybe that's why he didn't take... Didn't mm. close, maybe that's why he had the zero runs. But I think coming back into that parasite, I think they're going to be really strong. Yeah, for him correct. That experience. So anyway, I think it'll be an interesting series next year. I think we're a bit closer than what a lot of people think. But yeah, New South Wales are definitely ahead at the moment. If you keep that side um, together, I think, yeah, there could be a few in a row now. I don't think we'll reach eight. I think probably maybe seven out of eight series or something like that. So maybe the next three, whatever that is, potentially. But I think it's going to be a lot tighter than what a lot of people think. A lot of New South Wales people are calling this side the best side ever. Well, we're pretty confident, you know, coming from that <laughs> Classic. side. I mean, but we were after just the first game, you know, we tend to get excited. Yeah. Especially, you know, bring it on. It's let's, a bit let's, carry on, isn't it? But anyway, um, so that's Origin, mate. Not that you know much about the NBA, but um, the NBA is on right now. It could be wrapping up soon. Um I uh, might just check because uh, this could be the winning game or it could draw it to, to game seven. Uh, the Bucks are playing the Suns. Um, it's 84-82 in the last quarter. Okay, so if the Bucks win this, they obviously win the win the title. Uh, and it's been a long time coming. You know, it was interesting. Again, don't know how much you follow, mate, but Suns went up 2-0. And they had the home series as well, so they're going to play four of the seven games in Phoenix. Um, One thing I know about the NBA, when you say Suns, you know, the first thing that just comes to my mind is the Suns in four. 
the sun's in four. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's not the sun's in four. <laughs> 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 yeah, good luck, good luck to them. Um, but Milwaukee, mate, they for the last four years has been fantastic. You know, they've had Giannis who's an MVP. Um, but in four, so four years ago, they got knocked out in the first round of the, of the finals um, or the playoffs. Sorry, second one they made it to the conference finals, which is like a prelim. Next year, same same position. And then this year they made it to the finals. They went two 0 down, and I thought all oh, psychology wise that could be breaking point for them. But they've come back. Uh, it's now three two. And obviously, just told you the score eighty four eighty two in the in the last quarter, um, for for game six, they win this. It's massive, you know, for for Milwaukee, um, you know, to come back from two 0 down to have four games away, and, and you come back and beat them. And I think the last two games have come back as well from from behind, uh, and managed to win. So it's been a ripping series. Um, I was pretty on the fence. I didn't know who was going to win, but I'm super glad that these two teams made it. You know, Chris Ball, I think he's been in the league for 15 or 16 years, hasn't made a finals, um, but he's been phenomenal. He's improved every single team he's played for. Every single team, they've improved. They've had more wins every time they've played for him. So he's been a credit to his work ethic, and um, he's been fantastic for the league. And then you've also got Giannis, who's just been a beast for four or five years and finally got the team around him now. So... Yeah, it's been a great series. Either two teams are, are worthy of it, but um, yeah, we'll see what happens. By the time we wrap up this potty, it'll probably be, the game will be well, finished. We'll so know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. So we might have the results if I remember. Um, the other major sporting event that we've had just recently uh, around the world has been Wimbledon. We obviously had a pretty successful Wimbledon there, mate. We had Barty and Olcott uh, mm-hmm. both win. Uh, what was your thoughts on Wimbledon? Did you catch any of it? Oh, mate, on some bizarre time. So really just sort of followed it in the... Um in the morning when I got up, you know, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. we all get excited when Ash Barty wins, you know, mm. and Dylan Alcott in the in the wheelchair event, you know, that's unbelievable stuff. Mm. Novak Djokovic in the men, yeah. Well, speaking of Novak, this is huge, mate. So I don't know if you you knew about this, but he's on track for a Golden Slam. I don't know if you know what a Golden, Golden Slam, Slam is. That? Yeah, so Golden Slam is when you win all four Grand Slam events mm. and the gold medal. Okay. Olympic Games. Yeah. So I wrote this down because this is huge. So if he wins the US Open at the end of the year, he'll be the first since Steffi Graf in 1988 to win a Grand Slam and the sixth person in history to do it. Now, for those of you listening at home, probably like, yeah, but he won a Grand Slam already. He's won 20 of them. He hasn't actually won a Grand Slam. A Grand Slam is when you win all four major tournaments in the same calendar year. There's only been six people do it. Rod Laver did it twice. He's got a good argument for GOAT in there um, and Steffi Graf like I said was the last one in 1988 so only six people have done it all time okay just needs to win the US Open to be able to do that if he wins gold however he'll be the fifth person ever to win a gold and all four major tournaments in their career okay however the big one is if he wins the gold and the US Open, he'll be just the second to complete an actual Golden Slam alongside Steffi Graf, who did that in 1988. Unbelievable. He'd have an argument just to be the greatest of all time, wouldn't he? Yeah. If he's, would you say he's... Well, just think about this, mate. Most tennis players don't win a slam, let alone complete a Grand Slam and win an Olympic gold in the same year. That's fucked up. 
Yeah, he, you're right. Has Surely. He Nick Kyrgios, though, he's Kyrgios <laughs> <guy>. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can talk about Kyrgios about the time, mate, because I've got a lot of content about him. What a legend. Uh, good on you, Nick. Probably not listening, but who cares? I think Novak's never beaten him, though. Isn't that a fact? Yeah, Nick's, Nick's the only one on the tour right now that's beaten all four of the big four. So that's Murray, um, Novak, Rafa, and so Roger. This guy can win Grand Slams, he can win Olympic Golds, but our boy, our boy, Kyrgios the goat. Done. Done. Sign off on that. Okay. Kyrgios the goat. <laughs> <laughs> he can't win anything, but he can beat the guns. Yeah. Um, yeah. Funny about Kyrgios, mate. I had, I had this argument with someone on, actually on Facebook. We're going to get into Kyrgios now. Uh, we weren't initially going to, but <laughs> I, I like him. Big fan of him. And people have a problem with him being a part-time you know just playing for money right I'm mm. like what's wrong with that yeah like every athlete has to play you know if you're an individual athlete it's different you're in a team you have to play to win but if you're an individual athlete he just treats it like a job yeah he just makes money from it I'm like I know heaps of people that go at 75% every work day for their whole lives just because they need to go yeah, to work to pay the bills yeah. and they they work to live yeah Nick Curious does that what's wrong with that yeah, you know, like, I'm sure he does work very hard, but he does come across as someone who just does it so easy, you know. Mm. Um, oh, he's a freak, yeah. Yeah, just, and I guess if he, I mean, like, pulling out of the Olympics. I think the problem with that people have with Kyrgios is they want him to try harder. Yeah. Because he is so good. But he doesn't. <laughs> but <laughs> that's because he doesn't care. He doesn't seem to make any apologies for that either. Yeah, you know? he's happy. Yeah. I like the fact that he's happy now because he plays what he wants to play he plays in tournaments he wants to do he he does what he plays it like a job plays it like a consultant he picks yeah. and chooses what jobs he wants to take anyway yes you're right Novak he's got to be yeah him or Rod Laver for me I didn't see Rod play because I was minus 20 something years old um, but Novak has to be the yeah, greatest of our time yeah we've ever seen yeah yeah people say Roger but that's because they like Roger yeah and Roger's not as good as Rafa. Rafa's better than Roger, and Novak's better than Rafa. Yeah, I agree. I think Novak just doesn't come across as a particularly Everyone, he's, sort a of bloke, does he? <laughs> he's a cockhead. <laughs> <laughs> and I think if you don't like myself, I don't watch a lot of tennis. I just kind of pick up the scores here and there. Might get into the Australian Open, and you do. You have your favourites, and we just want to believe. Yeah, correct. Roger and we like Roger. Roger's cool. Roger's a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's also very pretty to watch. He's, yeah. he's very, um, very good technically to watch Novak he's just I don't know he just runs a lot and he's a bit boring and he's a bit of a tool as a human being so we just don't like him but that's, he's better than everyone <laughs> he's the best we've ever seen cannot deny that and if he wins well even if he wins another slam I don't think there's any you can't deny that because he's won, he'll, he'll win more than the other boys you know between one I can't see oh look maybe Rafa wins another French can't see Roger winning another major um, I can see Novak winning more though, and if he does complete the Grand Slam, he's also the best of the modern era because none of those other players have done it. And then if he wins a Golden Slam, yeah, I think there's a pretty fair argument for the goat. I wrote yeah. the statue. Correct. Yes, not here though. Doing <laughs> Serbia, <laughs> even though he's won five loads of Australian Opens, loves the Australian Open, even though we hate him. Um, moving on to. 
to um, things that we don't necessarily like, and that's rugby, mate. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the rugby union. But hey, we might like it now because we win. We're winning. We yeah, Queensland win. Reds. Yeah. Flying. Yeah, what a game. I'll tell you what, though. I don't watch a whole lot of rugby. I want to give it a spray right now just for. I, I don't watch okay, it. Okay, go just, on, I, son. Sorry, mate. I just. The private school game. Let's have a chat about it. I mean, you. The only thing that I've seen from the. I know that we won. Good stuff. I'm happy for the Wallabies. But the red card, you know, the, oh. mate. Yeah. Just doesn't make you angry to see that stuff. Yes. But then I go and watch rugby league and I go, oh yeah, okay, he got sin bin because old mate fell over. Yeah. I'll go and watch the Tolman. Yeah, have you seen that? Reese Robson got sin bin for Tolman diving at the ground, basically. I don't. I think there was a real dodgy one with the Broncos and Hetherington too, wasn't there? Where yeah, correct. Was... Mate, go and watch the Reese Robson one. It's the most hilarious one you'll ever see. I wasn't angry, I was laughing. I was physically laughing. <laughs> Reese Robson, in the position he was to tackle Aiden Tolman, if Aiden Tolman was upright, Reese Robson would have hit him around the waist. But he's hit him around the head because Tolman ducked in and he got binned. I can't work it out. Anyway, go and watch it. But, yes, that was disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> that red card, seriously. Former NRL man, Murray Corbetti, were upset for him. And I saw that the red card's actually been overturned, I think I read this morning. But... Did you see the reason why the ref gave it, though? Did you hear? He goes, he came at, he came running, running in too much speed and hit him too hard or something like Tapping that. Tapping him too hard. <laughs> Can't have that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of game is this? Another thing I was, I was about, rattled. Uh, the rugby playing Cooper played for Sydney. What a G up. Maybe the Australian government holds rugby in the same regard. Yeah. Think. Well, maybe they just met Quade Cooper and agree he shouldn't be led in Australia anymore. Yeah, because he's a tool. Uh, anyway, <laughs> and I can say that because I met him once. And he ignored me. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't even care who he was either because of rugby. Um, moving on, mate. Uh, let's speak about something we can't can't bandwagon at the moment. That's Australia's cricket performance in the T20s. What it's doing in the Windies. Awful. Mm. I mean, we won this morning, though. Yeah, we, we won. We the pumped them. Yeah. I don't know. Have we ever really been that strong? It's like just one of those things, I think. T- we are very strong in test cricket. Why do you think we can't work it out? I don't know. I mean, I, I, the, what I saw of the West Indies, they just seem to just hit sixes at ease. And I think, mm. I think maybe it's the way that we're brought up to play cricket, maybe. I don't mm. know. Maybe it's Australian techniques. Like, it, they just seem to slog better when they're, yeah. you know. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't think so BBL stuff. is lucrative enough. I also don't think that we run the BBL very well at all. Mm. Um I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting one for me. We've never been able to get good at it. I don't know how we're going to get good at it. Yeah, I mean, we all sort of watch the BBL a bit. I think on in the in after work and stuff. Mm. But who really cares? You know, who really is feel yeah. like they love the Brisbane Heat? Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not a heat supporter. I go for the Heat, but I'm not. Yeah. You know, if, if Brisbane Heat supporter. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really care if they if I don't watch their game or not. But the Ashes would be different. I think we just take. We just I don't know. Maybe we are very traditional and. To be honest, Test cricket is the best form. Yeah. We still like to win the T20, though, and the boys can't even do that for us. Yeah. Fucking hell. Useless. They got pumped, too. They never looked likely in most of the games. They just got pumped. What if we had 11 Mitch Marshes on (laughs) that? We probably would have won, to be fair, mate. It was was outstanding. Um, Mate, mention the Ashes. They're coming up. I'm pretty excited for them. Uh, What's your thoughts? How are we travelling? 
Well, at home, you always feel confident that, and you just, I'm, I'm excited for one thing. I just can't wait to, it's just such a special sporting event, the Ashes, mm. you know, it gets you fired up every time. Um, I, I think that, you know, our, our attack's always strong. We, I think that we can really give it to them this year. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty confident, to be honest. I've watched a little bit of England play um, in, in Test Match Cricket recently. I've kept up to date. I don't know if you follow Wisden, Wisden on um, on Facebook, but I've kept up to date with the scores. Seems to be a lot of good bowling happening in county cricket at the moment. And what I mean by that is the bowlers are carving up, which means the one Achilles heel for England at the moment, which is their batting, isn't getting better. There's no one calling out saying, pick me, pick me, pick me. They've got a big problem at the moment with their batting lineup. Um, Joe Root's the only one, I think, in the top seven, so out of their top seven, I think Joe Root's the only one that averages over 40 in Test cricket. They've got a lot of players that are averaging, I think, then Stokes is the next best, about 38 or something. They've got some, they've got some worrying signs. You know, Zach Crawley came out and scored a double hundred, I think, in his first couple of matches. I think he's only passed 50 once or twice since. Um, they've got some big problems there. You said that the um, bowling's dominated. Who do you think will be in the England attack? Who do you think we'll see this summer? Oh, look, Broad and Anderson. Uh, I think... I don't know what, what's happening with Joffre Archer. Maybe he's injured or something, but he seems to have fallen out of favour with them. Um, I think... I don't think Mark would have played, but I think he'll be in the squad. Um, and I think you've got a couple of young guys like Ollie Stone and a couple of other guys that are there or thereabouts. They're going to have a good attack. Yeah. I think they're going to go with Jack Leach as a spinner. I think Moan Ali's done really in that form of the game I don't think Don Best is good enough so I think Jack Leach will be the spinner and then they've got a plethora of pace bowlers that they can choose from yeah they've they've probably got a selection query with this spinner because Jack Leach has been performing okay but got a guy called Matt Parkinson who's been playing some really good cricket over there um, and bowled nearly the ball of the century the other day uh, and it's not spin friendly conditions as we probably know over in England so Maybe Look, I should go try to find that on YouTube, the ball of the century. Yeah, it? that's well, that's they talked it up like that. But anyway, um, it's not as good as warning. Because <laughs> warning's warning. Um, they've just got problems with the batting. Yep. You know, I keep seeing the same guys. Well, the fact that there's there's a 40-something-year-old bloke that keeps getting fire for, and he bowls genuine medium pace at about 120 kilometres, like it's genuine warehouse bowling, like 115, 120 kilometres, just with a bit of nip. Yeah. He's taken fire for like, He's, yeah. Do you think the English conditions are different? Though? I feel like when we go yeah. there, a different ball and different yeah, correct. Conditions. But then um, I've seen the only real people that are stepping up with a bat are internationals as well. So <laughs> I think they've got a few problems. England. Um, I'm pretty confident that we can we can do the job on them. You know, we're we're still not sure on who our number five is going to be. I think they'll start with Travis Head, and I think they'll probably stick with him for the series. But if he doesn't perform, there's going to be question marks over him. I think if Ren- oh, I don't think Renshaw will get another start because he plays for Queensland. If we move to New South Wales, he might. But I think they're seriously going to look at him for a five. Hey, he holds his wicket. Um, he's good, solid batsman, a good technique, and he's been batting well. He's been scoring runs for Queensland at number five. There's a lot of locks in the side, though. You'd say, hey, one to eleven. There's a lot of positions. I think there. number five is the only query for us. Mm. I think Stark's still a query, but they're not going to drop him anyway. I don't know why. You, how you would have him out, how many fast bowlers have we got, mate? 
We've got that many fastballs. We don't need to pick and stick. We need to pick on form. Yeah, who would you bring in? Who's your man? Oh, mate, you can pick probably five. Yeah? Yeah, but top of the list, Pattinson. Pattinson. He's got to be next in line. But then you've got Nisa, and then you've got... Well, he's um, Queensland, isn't he? Yeah, but he, so he would never get picked. Okay. <laughs> um, Jai Richardson, gun, big fan of him. Always have been, always will be. Um, you've got a guy called Jack Woolmouth who stepped up big time this year, and you've got another guy called Xavier Bartlett for Queensland. Yeah. They could do a job. Um, if not, you've got so many others, mate. So many others. Are there any from New South Wales? Because that's who they're going to be. Yeah, they're in the Australian yeah. side. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, not really, not really after them. I mean, Trent Copeland, I don't know if he's going to go around again. Chris Germain's moved from Victoria to, to New South Wales. Uh, he might be in the mix. Um, We've got plenty. Got all those WA quicks as well. Yeah. Um, Queensland has gone over there. Cam Gannon, he had a good year. Um, we've got Agar? Kelly, Paris, Agar. You've got, mate, you could choose from Pleather and you'd probably get more output than Mitch Mark, Mitch Stark at the moment. So he's he's not going well enough at all. He came back to Shield and he got absolutely carved up. We'd love to see it though, you know. We've seen big left armor called Mitch, who's been written off, come back and do it before. That's what Correct. we want to see this summer from Mitchell Stark. But that's when we used to get away with ball tampering. <laughs> Mitch Stark hasn't swung as much since 2018, has he? Maybe Stark should bring back the mull and bring back the ball tampering. And You're probably right, yeah. Real tear him up. Yeah. Let's not get ball tampering, mate, because I'll get in a rage. At, uh, anyway. Uh, moving on, couple of just a couple of quick overviews at the moment. Aussie rules, no don't follow it much, mate, but the AFL is um, interesting this year. I've watched a fair bit more than I have rugby league, uh, which is usually not the case, but um, it's been a really good competition this year. Um, and between uh, 8th and 13th, there is only four points. So there's this logjam of teams they're going to try and make it in the top eight. And then you've got the um, team above that West Coast cannot play away from home. Um, they get pumped every time they play away from home. They're on 36 points. So you've got this logjam from one to sixth, 10 points, which is two and a half games. Yeah, so um, anyone can make the top four. And then, yeah, down to 13th could make the, make the top eight. So it's been a really interesting comp. Our Brisbane Lions... Uh, I don't know what's going on, but um, they've lost two in a row. Play Hawthorne this week. They should beat Hawthorne this week. We fingers crossed they will. But they need to get back on the wagon because, yeah, they've had a couple of bad losses the last two weeks. So they need to get back on board. Um, but I think they're good Good to hope. I think Melbourne's fallen off the wagon. They've lost three this year and drawn one. And all four of those teams are in the bottom half. Twelfth. 15th, 16th, and 17th have been the teams. They're sitting first. They've won 13 games. The four games that they haven't won have been to, yeah, like I said, 12th, 15th, 16th, and 17th. So they're in big trouble, I think. Um, but then again, you don't play bottom teams in finals, yeah, do you? Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's a little bit of complacency, you know, when they run into it. I'm sure that motivation won't be an issue on yeah. the big days. It's going to be an interesting comp, I think. Geelong and Brisbane are probably the two favourites. I think Western Bulldogs are next. Port Adelaide Chokers, they're opposite to Melbourne. They haven't beaten a top outside. Um, and they, they just don't know how to. So it's going to be an interesting year. There's, there's a lot that um, is left up 
to the last few rounds. I think we've got five rounds to go, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. And then uh, on to the NRL, mate. Different story. Yeah. It's boring. <laughs> because, <laughs> let's be honest, there's only a couple of teams that can really win the comp. And everyone that's vying for the last two spots in the eight doesn't want to win anymore. <laughs> they keep losing. It's, what's, um, what's happening? It makes you think that eight spot, a team might sneak in there with not too many points, you know, because it is very once, yeah. very top heavy at the moment. The Storm yeah. and Panthers on 32 points running away a little bit. I think um, the general consensus is that's the top two teams. Yep. Um, I think it's, a, after that, I think, to me, there's a clear standout mm-hmm. to the team that's next. I think that it's those two teams, then there's another team, then there's the pack. I think that team's Parramatta. I think they're a big chance okay. this year. The way that they... Um, just a lot to like about them, hey. That, like, they had a good win on Friday night against Manly. Uh, sorry, not against Manly, against uh, the Gold Coast, on the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Madison absolutely staunched over the million-dollar man, Dave mm-hmm. Fafida. Who's a cat, by the way. Well, <laughs> Reed Marnie came back and played really, really well. I think How good's he going? He's an outstanding player. He honestly, he's the best hooker in the comp, in my opinion. Just well, can't be cool. I don't know. I Storm think, boys might have something to say no, about that. Mate. <laughs> I think that he's just the when you everything that he does is just done at full pace. I think he's if he's not the best hooker in the game now, he will be in a few years' time. I mm-hmm. think he's a, he's good an outstanding argument. player. Mitch Moses as well. As I said, got a bit of experience earlier in Origin. I think he's going to come back into that para team and be better. I think that it's clear to me that Parramatta are the team um, okay. that are going to knock off one of the big dogs if, if it's going to happen this are year. Are you concerned that they're genuine chokers, though? Well, after 30 years of hurt or however long it's been, I'm sure that there's <laughs> definitely an argument to be made that they are. But, you know, they're going to get the monkey off their back eventually. You know, Cronulla did it and we turned the port side off or whatever. I think yeah. that it's going to go home to Parra one day. And I just think that this current squad that they've got, um, you know, like when you've got, like they've got like Blake Ferguson playing reserve yeah, grade, yeah. you know, they have got a lot of upsides. And I think people are really over, overlooking Parramatta. I'll tell you what, I wish we'd sign Dragons, yeah. I wish we'd sign Fergie. Yeah. He's a a gun, mate. Yeah, he is. I absolutely loved him when he was at the Roosters. He's one of those players, he'll make mistakes. He's like, we got rid of Sean Penny Dow and he had a lot of drops. And we brought in Fergie and it was just the same stuff, you know? Yep. Oh, mate, I watched that intercept that Sean Kenny Dow threw to Darius Boyd a couple of years ago oh. for the Roosters <laughs> in, the, in the first minute. Yeah, <laughs> that was one of the goat. I that was, was a great puffer straight on Darius Boyd's chest. Mate, I was about, I reckon I sat five metres from Kenny when he threw that, and yeah. there was a woman about three rows behind me just getting stuck into him, and it wasn't a good night. We oh, lost that one. I, would, I really wanted Brisbane to get flogged in the grand final yeah, after that. That was all time. That was that was all time. But, um, yeah, it's... I don't know what to make the NRL season this year. It's been, um, it's not exciting at all, in my opinion, because when the top sides play, some good games there. You know, that Para Penrith game a couple of weeks ago, that was a good game of footy. I really enjoyed that. The funny thing is, it was 13 12, one of the lowest scoring matches of the year, which goes against your mate Volandi's <laughs> thought processes. It's probably a perfect segue, actually. Let's talk about the NRL now, mate, because we'll move on to the next segment that I've got because. Well, we've got um, the reason why it's perfect segue is next part we're going to ask the important questions of each other yeah uh, and this is just where we ask one hard-hitting question of each other and the reason why I think it's a perfect segue for you uh, Gumby mate is 
Where is the animals sitting with you at the moment? I know you've been a big fan of Volandis in the past, but do you think they are on the right track with the competition and the code in Australia right now? Mm, I still enjoy watching rugby league, but sometimes it's like, it's almost like that, that relationship that you bloody just can't stop. Mm-hmm. You know, you, mm-hmm. it is frustrating to watch. Sometimes it just, um, the high tackles, the six, something that really annoys me is the, the six against, you know, you see a lot of the time teams kick a ball into the 20, run down, give away a six against mm. right away. There's no advantage to that team trying to run out of trouble. It just lets yep. them, they, they were already on zero and it just is zero again. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of things in the game, game that are just frustrating, but overall I still enjoy it. I think this year, you just want to be optimistic. You want to be positive, you know, that you can never write off any team. And if, if you mm. see like a Manly, a Parramatta, another team win it, we're going to say have with rugby league because mm. something bizarre will happen. But the, the problem I have with her though is I can't. I can literally see two or three teams winning the comp. Mm. That's it. I'm like, whoever makes second, seventh or eighth will get pumped week one of finals. They'll probably get 40 or 50 put on them. That's not a very good look. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, some of the close... I, I hear what you're saying. Like, a lot of the games that you watch, Penrith and Melbourne, they punt teams. Mm-hmm. One of the most exciting games I've watched was probably just the weekend gone, um, Tigers and Broncos. I thought that was mm-hmm. a pretty good game to watch, mm-hmm. but it was two teams that aren't going to be there at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of drop balls. There was a lot of missed tackles. It wasn't... Um, but the reason it was exciting is because it was a close game, you know? Yeah, and, and there's a lot of points. Yeah, and we're not seeing close games a lot of the time. Mm. 50 minutes 60 minutes it's it's almost over as a contest yeah correct well I remember I watched you know and and Valani's brought in all these new rules because they want more attacking and that sort of stuff but it's gone the wrong way I believe and my opinion on this is the problem that they're doing with the code right now is I feel like they're trying to create the game for people that don't like it right now they're trying to get my mum involved in rugby league because it's exciting and they score lots of points and cool Sport lovers, people that genuinely just like sport, don't necessarily have to watch like rugby league. Guarantee they do not what like watching games like Storm versus the Tigers, where it was thirty nil after twenty minutes, because it's not a contest. It doesn't matter how exciting the tries are, that's not a contest. People watch sport. Well, I know I watch sport for a contest. Yeah, I don't care who's playing. I don't care how many points are score. If it's close, I'm into it. Yeah. You know, and I've I've had that a lot with Aussie rules. This, you know, I remember, I think it was 15 minutes past my bedtime the other night, uh, and I was watching this game because it was in WA. So it was West Coast versus I can't remember who it was, um, but West Coast won. I think it was West Coast won. I won't, no, I don't know. But anyway, whoever won, it was neck and neck, and I think they came back. Whoever I think it was West Coast that won. They came back from like ten points down in the last quarter and ended up winning by a kick. And they kicked the goal in like the last five minutes to go, so there was still time for the other team. But they defended or whatever. I couldn't put the phone. There. I couldn't you stop could, watching it. Could you go to sleep after watching that? <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> I just could. And it was two teams that I don't care anything. Like I couldn't care less about either of them. Yeah. In fact, I hate West Coast. I hope they finish last. The other team, I'm pretty sure, was like Collingwood or Hawthorne or something that I also wish the same fate. Um, but I, I just couldn't stop watching. Yeah. I didn't have anything riding on the game. I'm not tipping in the AFL. I didn't care about that. It was just good and thrilling. It was just entertaining, you know, and we're just not getting a lot of those games. Like I said, that 13-12 game, Eels and Panthers, 
that was a good defensive solid game of footy and it was like the whole 79 minutes you're like I don't know what's going to happen either team could win and is this when Mitch missed the kick right probably yeah and, and see Parrot could have beaten Penrith right there and you're running mm-hmm. off so many teams but if Mitch kicked that Parrot beat them at Penrith. Yep, and I'll talk about Parrot so, at Penrith I a little think, bit later on, mate. Um, <laughs> I think the competition's still alive, mate. I think that people are like there are there are problems with the game, but I don't think we need to throw out the baby with the bathwater. I think we've still got a competition; it's still good. Okay. Um, but yeah, there, there just are some like the thing is, what other code changes of rules every off season? <laughs> no, the no only one. one, and it's yeah. just yeah. Like okay. even mid season, you know, like this year, like they've yeah. ruined so many games. Yeah. Um, like when Bradley got sinned into it, that just ruined that game of football yeah. for me. When they, when the Roosters played the Broncos, Bradley got sinned twice because they just seemed to be coming down hard on any sort of physical. Like mm-hmm. that, I was mm-hmm. swearing the rugby earlier, but that was us that mm-hmm. weekend. So that's where they've got it wrong. But I mean, I'd still rather watch rugby league than anything else in the world, personally. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Do you think it's headed in the right direction, though? And if not, what do you think they need to change? Hmm. I think that they need to maybe, like you said, go back to like who our, who the base supporters are. And we love, we don't want to see people getting simbin for slaps in the faces, mm. things like that. I know we, we love the physicality. I think that they've, they're, they're, it's like you're seeing a lot of Walker and what we, you love to see players like Walker and Walsh come through these mm-hmm. small kids, but you just think like you also want to see them playing the hardest game of, Mm. You know, we don't want to see touch footy. Yep. Um, so maybe, I think it is headed a bit towards touch footy. To answer the question, I that's what I worry about. The rugby league is headed in the wrong direction, headed more towards touch footy. Mm. The other thing is, like, do you agree with, like, this, the speeding up or keeping the ball in play so much? You know, there's there's taps now instead of scrums. There's this, there's that. There's the six agains for offside and rock infringements as well. Like, what's your thoughts on those rules? Um, keeping the ball in play, I think they've got it wrong a lot. In because sometimes, like penalties, sometimes you're going to take the two, you know. Mm. And I think that they, and like what I just said earlier, when they kick it down there and a the team runs down there, it gives away a penalty straight away. There's no negative effect to the defence. Yeah. And, and 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 you'll see this as well. I'll see it a lot. I've been saying this for a while now. Teams clicked onto this pretty quickly, and you mentioned that you know they'll kick it down or whatever it may be. And they'll just hold someone down for maybe six seconds. Yeah. And you can see them looking at the defensive line. And then when the defensive line is clearly set, that's when they get off. Yeah. So it's actually advantaging the defense. Yeah. With zero disadvantage. And that's making it harder to attack. Like, they want to make the game more exciting. But I think some of the rules that they make are actually having that opposite effect. Mm. I think that's one of them. Yeah. And as well, another thing, like, the tap, you know, like... Being able to kick a ball into touch and walk down and pack the scrum. You yeah. know, you take five hard hit, yeah. five hard runs, your halfback puts it down there, you just walk, you just have a bit of a break and, and yeah. defend again. I think that they're always just trying to speed it up and it's we don't want to watch touch, we want to watch. And the other thing is this, and I'll talk about cricket in a second because of this. I think it proves my point. Tries don't necessarily mean excitement. They don't, just because they score a try doesn't mean it's exciting football. Mm. Think about test cricket. The most exciting part of a test cricket match is when a ball is putting it right on the, just outside off, mm. and the batsman's playing and missing. They're not sure what to hit. They're getting hit on the pad because the odd one comes back in. 
I'm like, that's the most exciting form of cricket, in my yeah. opinion. Watching good 10-minute spell. You know, you remember those old, schools, yeah. old school spells of Mitch Johnson. Oh, yeah. And they score one run in 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen next. It, it sucks you in. And I think that's like, we were talking about T20 cricket earlier. Sometimes T20, it, like hitting sixes all the time as well. It's like you say, scoring tries is always exciting. Same thing we've seen. 100 meter six all the time it kind of yeah. takes away the, the how special it is the theatre of it yeah well that's I really enjoyed that last 10 minutes of origin because the whole last 10 minutes New South Wales are just foot on the juggler just trying to score mm-hmm. they didn't score but it was just I was into it I was like I don't know they could score I feel yeah. like they could score they couldn't score I don't really know they didn't score I was excited for 10 minutes yeah and it wasn't even my team attacking yeah I'm like that's what we want to see we don't want to see 70 point games that doesn't necessarily mean it's exciting yeah you know but anyway what have you got for me mate what's your harder hitting question my I guess just out of curiosity I just want to know I you know I don't follow the AFL too much mm-hmm. but I, I might want to jump on a bandwagon mm-hmm. later on this year yep just want to know how likely is it that I, I'm going to need one of my old lion shirts where do you right there <laughs> I think we're in a precarious spot right now um doesn't help that Hipwood did his ACL recently. So the, the big advantage that we had... Okay, no, I'll, I'll go back to the start. The problem we've got at the moment is we've got very, very important role players injured. Okay, so there's a guy called Ryan Lester who's in and out of injury, um, hamstrings. So he's, he comes back and gets injured five minutes later and he's been in there. Very important role player to down back, Okay. He'll not get your 30 disposals. He'll not kick 15 goals. He's not an exciting player, but he's a very, very good, solid defender. We've got another guy that's injured at the moment as well, Darcy Gardner, who's a very good intercept marker. He's one of the best in the comp. But he also doesn't look like... He looks like an accountant. Yeah, one of those sorts of blokes. Doesn't look like an athlete. If he if he his was shirt off at the pool, he didn't know what he did for a job, you wouldn't pick him as an athlete. Yeah. Phenomenal footballer though. Yeah, great reader of the game. Just underrated player. Yeah, that is a bit of Mitch Orbison about him. Yeah. Um, just underrated footballer that plays his role brilliantly. Then you go forward and we've just lost Hipwood and a lot of people um, lament his ability to kick one goal four and then next week kick five goals nil when we're up by 100 points. But the other thing that he does is he leads hard, he's quick and he's big. So he leads hard and clears the space really well for a lot of other uh, guys like Lincoln McCarthy and, and um, Charlie Cameron and a couple other guys that, that are goal sneaks, right? Clears a lot of space for them. Important role player. Like, we've had a couple of really important role players and people say, oh, yeah, but Lockie Neal was out. I'm like, I think, in all honesty, he plays a less important role. Yes, he's a gun player. He's a great, fantastic. We'd obviously love to have him in. I think he plays less of an important role in winning at the moment than a couple of these other guys that we've got out. We've lost two in a row against teams that we probably should beat, in fairness. Richmond weren't going very good, and they beat us last week. St Kilda, look, they're hit and miss. They've been beaten by over 100 this year, but they've also flogged teams. They're, I don't know what to make of them. A bit like the Rabbitohs, but not as good, not as damaging. Um... I think we can win. Yeah. I'm being less confident the last three weeks. So maybe I... Um, maybe you just dust it off. First couple off. of weeks of finals and then 
don't wear it out in public yet. All right. <laughs> no worries, but who knows? Hopefully it's only a few weeks away. I think if we make the grand final, we can win. Yeah, nice. But Hurdle's been the grand final recently. Um, so I think we're there and thereabouts, but we've, uh, we've got it? to start doing something right. I think our last couple of weeks, we've, we've struggled to run out games as well. So whether that's a lack of intensity because we think we're going to win, I don't know what it is, but we've just struggled to keep pressure up for all 20 minutes of all quarters. We're in the mix. Come on, the boys. Come on, the boys, yeah. Uh, now we're on to the good stuff, mate. Uh, I think this is a segment that will uh, capture people's hearts, and it's all yours. So over to you, Sambo, but obviously after this great intro that we've got, crowd for just you. He's not very lean or mean, but he is keen. He's our answer to Scott Minto, and he loves his goats. It's time for Gumby's Goats. <laughs> nice one. Um... Gumby's Goats, you know, we've, this week with the Olympics, we just want to get into the theme of the week. And we want to talk about the greatest Olympic moments of all time. I know um, myself, I've been pretty biased in this list that I've conjured up. I've just chosen moments that I, that just hold a special place in my heart. So let's jump straight into it. Uh, coming in at five, we've gone with the Rugby Sevens at the uh, Rio Olympics. In case you can't tell by, um, I guess, the majority of the chat here, we, we're just blokes that just love to see egg-shaped footballs be chased around on an open field and for the first time since 1920 something we saw mm-hmm. some form of rugby played mm-hmm. it's just we just love it you know how mm-hmm. good is that the um fiji winning a gold medal a country that probably doesn't go into many olympics with too many um genuine chances where they think we're gonna you know win anything here mm-hmm. but rugby sevens it's right up their alley so i think it's all positive and it's just a spectacle of having rugby sevens outstanding um, the next one, number four, Matty Mitchum, um, a name that maybe people, some people might know him, some people might have forgotten about him, but what that bloke did uh, in 2008 in Beijing, it was, well, it's never been done before. Mm. Um, I think you said you, you remember when yep. you were watching it. Yep. Um, I guess how can we sort of set, paint, this, paint the picture for these people? Like, I think Mitchum was well behind a hot favourite from China mm-hmm. in his home country. This guy, I don't have his name in front of me. <laughs> old mate from China yeah. here, he's smashing it. Nobody's going to run him down. Gets up on the last dive, gives one of the worst dives that he could have. Mm. It just gives me Matt Mitchum a little cheeky sniff here. Yep. If you can pull off the greatest dive of your life, son, you're going to win a gold medal here that five minutes ago... You thought... How about the pressure of that? The, the pressure that's yeah. been put on the moment. Phenomenal. Outstanding. And, and I think the score was 112. I don't know too much about time, but I do know it was the highest Olympic score of all time. And I guess it was significant in many ways. It was the first diving gold medal we've mm-hmm. had since mm-hmm. a bloke called Dick back in the 20s. <laughs> it's been a long time between drinks. And to get one in the pool uh, in the diving, you know, it doesn't happen often. And I guess at the time, like we were talking about earlier, I think... Um, times have changed a lot perhaps from where we were 15 years ago mm. as a member of the LGBT community I think Matty Mitchum waving the flag there nice one champ yeah. um, in it through we've got Usain Bolt it's hard to pick one moment I mm-hmm. guess the mm-hmm. one that stands out is when he won by 15 metres mm. the first time but just to live in the Usain Bolt era we're talking about like Novak Djokovic a sports guy that you just can't get behind Usain Bolt was somebody the whole world could just get behind yeah, correct. the fastest human in the world, just ever, 
unbelievable to be alive to see it you remember where you were just watching those little 10 seconds mm-hmm. you know you can picture yourself in the living room wherever you were living at the time review mm-hmm. with whatever you're doing and just to live in that era of Usain Bolt it was his world we're just along for the ride I yeah it felt like yeah, it was awesome um and you know to be honest you say if you're talking about the greatest Olympians of all time I think he takes out top spot yeah, yeah, him and Phelps mm. have to be the, the two in the conversation, don't they? Well, the modern era, I mean, we didn't see many before that, did we? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you saying, Bob, he's taken out three here on mine because, you know what, this is all about Gumby Scopes and the moments that I just... When you think about Olympic moments, like I sort of just kind of touched on this, you, the Olympics are so special because you can just have moments where you just remember exactly where you were. Kathy Freeman... Um, Sydney 2000 yep so just unbelievable you know we don't do well generally in track and field events mm-hmm. to have um, one of our own to win the 400 what she did in after she won I, I just it's burned into my memory running around with the Australian the indigenous flag mm-hmm. it was just such a significant moment and the, the big onesie track the, the suit whatever yeah. it was yeah with the hood on it that was uh, I remember that and the the um I can't remember her name, but the Mexican lady was wearing sunglasses at night. I was rattled by that. But, no, uh, like I think a, she came second or third or something. But maybe. yeah, Kathy Freeman, that was phenomenal. I think there's an 80s song, so I wear my sunglasses at night. <laughs> yeah, <probably. laughs> and, um, and I think Bruce was losing his mind when Kathy crossed the line. That was, yeah, oh, yeah I 100% remember that. Yeah. It was awesome. But um, number one, you know, we're bringing it in here. And with number one, I've had to go pretty broad. Mm-hmm just go just generally just the whole swimming at mm-hmm. the sydney olympics it was one of the first events one of the first sporting events as i said that i remember watching and it just really made me just fall in love with watching our australian athletes mm-hmm. on you know just and, and like it makes you as, as a kid it just sort of you know you dare to dream even though we never bloody um, it's just it, the impact that sport can have and that that Olympic Games I could have done honestly just top five just out of mm. just that Olympic Games just the swimming there were mm. so many things that were significant as um, growing up in Redcliffe and knowing that Lisa Jones training at the Redcliffe pool mm. 14, 15 years yeah. old on the world stage silver medal went on to become one of the greatest we've ever had yeah greatest definitely her event you know you could say the greatest of all time Ian Thorpe who, who'll ever forget like just how much excitement there was around mm. Australia I guess at the time I remember the Courier Mail running um, the front page it was like a life size cut out of this yep. what Ian Thorpe's foot looks like just everyone yeah. was just so into that swimming the the relay the Americans yeah. that had never been beaten yeah the yep. guitar that was awesome it was just I remember being at like a Maybe when I, I would have been 10, it would have been someone's 10th birthday, like Hungry Jacks or something. <laughs> like, you know, they have the, the, you get your cheeseburger, you get your cake. When the 1500 men, 1500 meter men's freestyle came mm-hmm. on, it just felt like everybody stopped and got around the TV and yep. watched that. So, yeah, definitely that's just, um, that's where I just sort of, I wouldn't be as pumped about, I think, and it's important that we get the Olympics in Brisbane just mm-hmm. so that the kids can experience what, it wasn't even Correct, out, mate. you know. It's just the Olympic Games, it's outstanding. And number one, Sydney swimming. That's where I fell in love with sports. So that takes out number one, Cummies Goats. Awesome. No worries. Thanks, mate. So, yeah, segment every week. You're going to give us your top five of something. 
uh, greatest of all time. We'll uh, we'll have to get something interesting next week, but uh, obviously Olympics was obvious choice, mate. Uh, what we have next is our most expensive part of the potty. Uh, it's trivia time, so we'll be sharing one question a week, and they are all going to be a bit different. We'll reveal the answer the following week on here. We'll put this up on the socials weekly as well, so make sure you get involved and see if you can get the answer right. Uh, so on Facebook, it's the Tall Potty Syndrome, and then on Insta, it's just the Tall Potty. Um, you never know. If you have enough engagement on these, you might start throwing in a prize here and there and make it a proper competition. But anyway, for this, mate, I thought we'd just jazz it up a bit because we have a distinct lack of class between us. So I thought we need to add some in. So I found the classiest man I know to deliver this. Over to you, Matthew. Oh, well, thank you, old sport. Capital introduction. What was Norwegian skier Odd Bjorn Hjelmaset's reason for not winning gold in cross country at the 2010 Olympics? All right. Um, it might not seem like it, but it's a ripper question uh, to start the potty. So like I said, get your answers in on the socials and see how you go. Obviously tune in next week to get the answer. But on to the next, mate. And I think this will get a bit of chat going because bold predictions have always been a critical part of all couch experts' lives. Uh, we obviously no exception to that. So I figure why not treat the people to one of ours each week. I'll kick us off this week, mate, with one for the NRL. My bold prediction in two parts. Number one, I believe that the Storm will go through the rest of the year undefeated and they will play the Manly Seagulls in the grand final this year and the Storm will win. Undefeated, that's a big call. Undefeated, yep. And then the other big call is Manly, okay? I've got a couple of reasons for this. I think the Storm are better than Panthers. And I think... People go back to that, whatever they played, round four, round five, something like that. I think the Storm were the better side of the night. Justin Olam learns how to pass. He scored. Anyway, he should have scored anyway. But if he scores, Fox goes in untouched. I think the Storm have gotten better since then as well. I just think they're a bit more bulletproof, in all honesty. If you look across all their games this year, they've been missing important players pretty much every single game. You know, they haven't had Pappenhausen, their number one fullback for a long time. Nico Hines comes in makes a claim for being the top five fullbacks in the comp. That's just what they're good at. Mm. You know, they've had Harry Grant out for a lot of the year. Uh, Munster's missed, I think, four or five games. They've also, they're undefeated without one of the halves playing. And they're one from one without both of their halves playing. It's just a bizarre production line that they have down there. Hey, they just keep, Everyone they just like steps the Beatles, up. they just bring out the hits. Yeah, correct. Right? Not that I like the Beatles, but yes. <laughs> um, like, I just think they're bulletproof. The other thing is, Munster's not playing very good at the moment. He's out of form. If he gets in form, yeah. and they're beating teams 50 nil at the moment, oh man, that's just even more scary. They've got more depth than every other team, I believe, because everyone... The thing with the Storm is, the Panthers play brilliantly because they've all been playing together for a long time, and they know where they need to be. Storm play brilliantly because everyone knows where they need to be because they train so unbelievably well. They just do what they need to do. There's no ego attached to it. Um, you know, to think that Fanukin's such an important part and he's taken so long to play Origin and really stand out from the field, but he's such an important part. But then if you lose Fanukin, are you worried as a Storm supporter? Nah. Mm-hmm. You know, if you lose one of the outside backs, you're probably not worried. Yeah, like, if Panthers lose one of their spine, especially yeah. a 6, 7 or 9... You're worried. Yeah. If the Panthers lose guys like a like a Crichton or a Burton, you're probably a bit more worried. Momorowski can do a job, but he's no Crichton or Burton. You know, like 
if you lose Toto, you go, where's the meters come from in the back five? You know, like, no, you're just a bit more worried. Whereas a Storm's, Storm, I just feel they're more bulletproof. Like I said, Munster start stepping up. They're better. They've got a bit more depth. And I feel like at the moment, they're literally playing in second gear. They're just going through the motions, I feel, at the moment. They're just scary. Yeah. The other side of that is Manly. I feel like the side on the up, to be honest, they've finally started to win some games without Turbo. Yeah, they scraped in and got over the line of a very poor dragon side at the moment, on the weekend, but only missed 13 tackles all game. Manly. That's a pretty good effort. Yeah. Panthers in the last couple of weeks have, have um, missed over 80 tackles, which is a big step for them. Surprising for them, isn't it? You know, So I feel like you play the Storm and you miss 40 tackles, it's good night. Yeah, good night, Irene. You know? Manly is going to stay in the game a little bit longer. They've only missed something like 55 in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they're going to stay in the game a bit longer there. The other thing is they've got Turbo. But they played in the weekend without Turbo, DCE. I can't remember. Someone else was out. Um, they won. I don't know. They're just coming into their own now. Turbo obviously takes the team to a different level. Um, you know, so... I'll say that again. Mainly obviously the side on the up... Um, Turbo takes the team to a different level. That's, he's so good. Man, he's so good. I've never seen anyone like him. You know, we talk about Hayne and Barber's seasons, 09 and 12. Turbo's just on a different level. I've never seen anyone manipulate a game the way he does. Yeah. He can completely manipulate a game. And the reason why he's tall, he's strong, he's fast, he reads the game well, he's a good ball player, he's literally good at all. You know, I, I you know, I believe strongly believe that Cameron Smith's one of the greatest, probably the greatest of all time in my mind. But that's because I saw him and I didn't see a few other guys play. Um, Andrew Johns was coming to the end of his career when I sort of started to watch. I started watching a bit of footy around ninety eight, ninety nine. So he's coming to the end of his career. Cameron Smith, the way he can manipulate the game without touching the ball, yeah. without making a run, without kicking, without the way he could run the game. It's just different. Turbo manipulates the game with the ball because he, he could do anything, yeah. you know. And I'll never forget this. I watched the game, him versus Warriors, I think it was 2019. Most people won't remember this. Manly put on a score. I think they won like 52-14 or something stupid. This was back in New Zealand. It was his first game back from an injury, I think. And I think he scored a double or and set up two or three tries or he might have scored a hat-trick or something. He was, he was involved in about five or six tries. There's this one sco- try I scored, he scored, I was like, that's literally, that's under 20s, that's under 18s, that's juniors. Yeah. You give it to the best guy, he scores. You know, I don't know if you remember, there's a guy, Will Elamani, who he used to give it to him off the scrum. He was the genuine front rower. He used to put the six on his back in under, under 15s because he'd just beat everyone because yeah. he was just big and strong, right? And he got this ball and it was, he was looking around and he literally goes, he said to the, just give it to me, jumped in first receiver, looked up and just ran straight and beat like three forwards to score from about 12 metres out. I'm like, that's so good. And it's not even in under 12s. This is the top, top level. <laughs> this is the NRL league. man. And he's beaten three big forwards. Yeah. One out. A one out hit up. And he's, oh man. And I was like, oh, he is so good. He just he just takes the team to a different level. I feel like any team with him in there, at his best, can beat any other team. 
The game against Panthers early on in the year mainly matched them. Penrith won by 12, but against the run of play, they scored in the 77th minute, so it looks a bit different to what it was. It was a very tight game the whole way. I feel like Manly's improved since then, and Panthers haven't. So that's why I've got Manly. So I think Manly will play Penrith. Manly has to finish fifth for this to work, and Storm has to finish first. I think Manly will definitely finish fifth, and I think because I think the Roosters are fading, and I think Storm will definitely finish first because, like I said, I think they'll go through undefeated, and if that happens, they will finish first. They're on track to make to score the most points in Premiership history. Pretty good effort, um, and also one of the best defensive teams in the comp. Messed up, but I think Manly, Manly and Penrith will play in a prelim, and I think Manly will get them, and then Manly and Storm and and revisit the rivalry of the early late noughties, early early twenty tens, and I think the Storm will get them to win back to back. We'll never forget the Battle of Brookvale. Hey, how good was that when they? Oh mate, fisticuffs. We yeah, bring back the beer. How good was that? <laughs> I watched that at least once a year. I reckon. Outstanding stuff. <laughs> uh, what have you got for us, mate? What's your bold prediction? Uh, my bold prediction. I think I'd want to go out and say. Bit similar. I want to pick team where teams are going to pick at the end of the finish at the end of the year. I'm going to go to the Tigers. Maybe this isn't a bold prediction because it seems to happen every year. But I think they're going to get in at ninth again. Hey, I reckon they're just going to miss out on that eighth and finish ninth spot. I think that there's... If you're a Tigers fan, after the win on the weekend against the Broncos, maybe you're thinking that, that you know, we win a few games, we can get into the eighth. They've got the Bulldogs twice in their run home. Mm-hmm. So there's four points you think that they should pick up. But I just don't think that they have got it in them, hey, to, to make the eight this year. I think the way they defended on the weekend against Brisbane, I think if they were playing a better side, it would have been 50 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um So yeah, I think Tigers to go close. So the 12th at the moment, they need one more win. So they're on 14 points. Um, you've got Sharks, Raiders and Knights all on 16. And then you've got the Titans above the Tigers as well. So you think that um, they're obviously going to win more than the Titans. Yeah, I think the Gold Coast would... And you think the Raiders, Knights or Sharks, one of them is going to fail? Or two of them are going to fail? Well, maybe I, maybe it is a bolder prediction than what we've realised. But yeah, yeah. I, I think the Tigers, like, there's a, enough in... They've got enough points in them to, to win some games and to beat the teams below them, I think. Yeah, some of those teams that you just said then. Canberra have got huge troubles at the moment. Um, seems like every week there's a story coming out about Canberra bickering. They're going to fade. Mm-hmm. Your boys are Dragons with the... the, um, the losers. What, um, I mean, everyone knows what's going on at the Dragons. I think that that's a team... They're going to be missing players in the next few weeks. They're going to fail. I think that the Tigers are going to go close. Just miss out, though. I think it's a little bit too much of a mountain to climb, but I think that they're going to improve more than the teams ahead of them, too. Yep, fair enough. Okay, no worries. That's your bold prediction. Just before we move on, just sort of let everyone know, the NBA's just finished and uh, Milwaukee take out the championship. They won the last game 105-98 to with Giannis stepping up 50 points and 14 rebounds. What a man um, to get him over the line. So well done to Milwaukee in the NBA. But um, there you go. So Storm to win with Manly getting beaten in the grand final and the Tigers to, to finish in ninth. Um, no worries. That's it for us today. Uh, so episode one, done and dusted. Uh, we just hope it's not one and done, to be honest, but uh, we can't wait to do it again next week. So thanks for joining, Sam. Appreciate it, mate. Um, and I'll leave you with these wise words of former NBA superstar Kevin Garnett. If I was a Caesar salad, the croutons would be my friends, the lettuce would be my family, and the dressing would be my mum. Well said, Kev. Thanks for listening. 
And remember to hit up the socials, like, comment, share, whatever you need to do. And remember kids, sport's not about having fun, it's about winning.